today on It's Time. We're always going to have issues, but there's always a peace that comes from God where God says, I'm going to see you through this. Valleys, I hear the calling. It's time. It's time. It's time. Welcome to It's Time, the daily Bible teaching program of Mike Kessler, pastor of the River Christian Fellowship in Twin Falls, Idaho. Today, we're going verse by verse through the book of Galatians. So, turn there in your Bibles as we join Pastor Mike. If you feed the flesh... You're going to reap the flesh. If you feed the Spirit, you're going to reap in the Spirit. These are all so elementary, but we have to remember, I have to be careful then in what I do. Now, again, there's nobody at any level of Christianity that isn't capable of messing up. Whether we look at King David as an example, and we see the great exploits that he did concerning his relationship with God, how he wrote much of the Psalms both before he got involved with Bathsheba and after he got involved with Bathsheba. He still was a person after God's own heart. And David was sorry, as you read Psalms 51, of the things that he got in himself into. So don't think that, well, I'm glad that doesn't apply to me. It can apply to all of us at different times. He says, if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Just want to be led by the Spirit. You know, that's one of a great prayer. You just pray every day when you get up. God, lead me by your Spirit all day long. You know, invisible Holy Spirit, show me where I'm supposed to go. Stop me from where I'm not supposed to go. So he goes on now and he tells us what are the works of the flesh. Now, notice a parallel here. If you like to make marks in your Bible, I'd like to invite you to mark your Bible. The works of the flesh. Notice works is plural. When we get down to verse 22, we find the works of the Spirit. But notice it's not works. It says the fruit of the Spirit. Fruit is singular where we find in verse 19, the works is plural. So the works of the flesh are diversified. There's a lot of different angles in which the flesh will lie to us. The works of the flesh are evident. Now, he says they're evident, and I believe, why is that? Because if you're a child of God, it lights up, okay? Adultery, fornication... Now, by the way, fornication here is, comes from the Greek word where we get the word pornography. So it, it's interesting here that this is uh, that word. Uncleanliness. Now, that's not talking about not taking baths. That's talking about things that are in the twisted world. The, the way things, I think a lot of the movies move into this very heavily in uncleanliness. Licentiousness, which is simply unbridled conduct. 
uh, you see this sometimes when people become drunk. You see uh, licentiousness or, or uh, unbridled conduct. Idolatry, which is really putting anything before God in our lives. Sorcery, this word is the word pharmakia in the Greek, and it's where we get drug abuse, drugs. So it's all here. He says, hatred, contentiousness, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, self-ambitions, dissensions. Now this is a weird one, heresies. Heresies or teaching things contrary to the Spirit of God, establishing them as dogmas for the church or people to believe in is a work of the flesh. Isn't that weird? Dress codes. Again, uh, some of the things you see the cults requiring you to do. They're not even going back to the Old Testament law. They just make up all kinds of new stuff. Heresies are part of the works of the flesh. Now, envy. Envy is, I want what you got. I've shared this before. My mom said, if you're ever going to envy, envy the Christian way. And I said, what is that? And she said, well, I want what you got, and I hope you get a better one. I thought that was interesting. Murders. And now, of course, this can go into the deep hatred. There's a lot of different ways you can murder somebody, too. You, you can murder them with a gun. You can murder them with a knife. By the way, uh, the first family. Yeah, I'm talking about Adam and Eve. The first murder was not done with a gun. We don't know what it was. Could have been a rock. May have been a semi-automatic rock. We don't know. But people were killing people long before guns ever come along. You hear a lot of people today say, oh, we just got to take away guns from everybody. Okay, then we'll get into knives instead. Remember this, the heart is desperately wicked above all things who can know it. And so it doesn't matter what means you take away somebody killing somebody, they'll think of something else. Remember, the hijackers of 9-11 did not use guns. They used box knives. Maybe semi-automatic box knives, I don't know. But they were box knives. What I'm saying is this. People, the heart is the problem, not the weapon. Maybe some weapons make it easier, but I'll guarantee you, as you look at the terrorists that are going on around the world today, guns are kind of old-fashioned. They're driving fuel tankers into, into crowds. They're using their cars to mow down people at, at, at rallies and different things like this. We, we find that the heart is desperately wicked. Murders. You can also murder somebody's reputation. You can, you can go around and slander them and, and things along this lines. Uh, there's a lot of different ways to murder somebody. He says, drunkenness. Now, why is drunkenness listed here? Because you're not at your best. You ever notice that? You know, it's... Uh, the old question, why do people drink? Something's wrong in their life. They ask the question, why do elephants drink? They want to forget. Well, maybe a lot of times the reason why we want to drink is because there's unresolved issues in our lives, or I don't like me, and if I can alter me in some way, then I'll be likable. 
Well, when you stop to think about that, that should point out some flags going off that there's something not right. So uh, again, uh, it's interesting. We had one of the uh, ladies in our fellowship go to a doctor. And the very first question he said is, are you depressed? Well, yeah, my, my foot hurts. That's why I'm depressed. Well, do you need anything for that? And they're talking about the opioid uh, epidemic that's sweeping our country. And it's because if you go in to see a doctor over a hangnail, they'll give you something to make it not hurt. And for some reason today in our society, we think that as an American in the 21st century, I not need to hurt. Do you realize in the Bible tells us the part of hurting Part of pain is how we learn. You know, it's really hard for us to grasp sometimes. The old saying, fruit, crops are never grown on the mountaintops, they're grown in the valley. If you don't go through hard times in your life, uncomfortability, you'll never realize your dependency, your need for God. I think sometimes we can use drugs to pave over the need for God. But when we are unaltered, the problem is still there. Again, you look all the way through the Bible. David's saying in the 23rd Psalm, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I'll pop some pills. No, it doesn't say that. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. What? I'll fear no evil. Does that mean that me as a Christian are go- is going to go through the valley of the shadow of death? Yes, you, I will. Period. There's no other way around it. Being a Christian does not exempt us from problems. There is a way the world deals with problems, and there's a way a Christian deals with problems. The world deals with problems by just getting loaded, man. The Christian deals with problems by going to God and saying, God, what do you want to teach me out of this? Big difference. So drunkenness alters my reality. But the reality that I have as a Christian, God wants me to go through because he's training me for something else. Now, somebody said to me one time, I remember the day I was out at Salmon Dam. It was in the evening. I was sitting in a friend's boat that I happened to meet out there. And I, I, in fact, I came across him. We didn't go out there together. And I went over and saw his boat. We were sitting in the, it was kind of a cuddy cabin and we were in there. And, and I said, well, I haven't seen you in church. He goes, I've been going through so many hard things, Mike. I wonder where God is. And I said, I'm sorry to hear that. But I said, do you ever realize that the hard things you go through are preparing us for what's ahead? And he got this terrified look on his face. And he said, if what I'm going through is preparing me for what's coming. What is coming? And I said to him, I don't know. I don't know, but I know this, that if God's equipping us for what is coming in the future, I would have rather went through the lesson and know how to handle the problem than have it hit me blindside and knock me out. Or pop pills and just act like it ain't there. You see... We're God's kids, and because we're God's kids, God trains us in what he wants in our lives to be a blessing 
for others. Remember, being a Christian, yes, gives us heaven. Thank God for that. But we're saved for a reason. It gives us purpose, definition, dimension. The problem is we live in a blah world. Shades of gray. But God says, I'm going to make you stand out like the stars in the heavens. Well, that's true, friends. We do. And people look at you and go, how do you get through these problems without a bottle of opioids? I want to know. You want to know how to fix the opioid problem in America? Jesus. Because God will see us through. Again, we are not exempt from trials because we're Christians. I think this is one of kind of a a misnomer that's there uh, as people uh, and, and the gospel is preached. Just accept Jesus and everything like a bridge over troubled waters. Oh, Giddy, that's what I want. No, you know what it says in Isaiah concerning like a bridge over troubled waters? Doesn't say that, does it? Isaiah found it says, and when thou passest Through the waters, God said, I will be with you. When you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. I like that. So that tells me God's going to arm us up. God's going to bulk us up. You know, you you, you see these guys, they go out and they work out. They, They go to their... They're, they're gyms and they're always lifting weights and they're doing, and, 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 you know, sometimes if you're like in construction, that can be really good. Sometimes though, the muscles are just to show everybody their muscles. You know, you see the things on TV, the, you know, they're all doing this, you know, and they, they do a jumping jack and their head pops like a grape between a, you know, never mind. And I remember, I, I, and this was so startling, because I remember the, the TV interviewer looked at one of these muscle-bound hulks and says, as he's doing the poses, like I say, you've got to use a lot of imagination right now. Um, but he says, he says, what do you do with all that strength? And the man replied, well, this. No, but he, what do you use all that, that, that strength for? And he got frustrated. He goes, well, this. Looked like mice running up and down underneath his skin, you know. I thought, that's a waste. Isn't it amazing that we will use some of the best trained for the least purpose? So, God trains us. He says, drunkenness, revelries, and alike, which I tell you beforehand, just as I told you in times past, of those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. So if you find any of these listed in this list, and by the way, they're not listed in priority, they're listed if any of these things are going on in your life, get rid of them. Now, how do you do that? Well, just stop doing it. No, apply God's wisdom. If, 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 again, revelries are, you like to fight? Well, good. Fight the good fight. Don't fight each other.
If we're selfish, don't be selfish. God's the one that supplies to us all the things that we need. He says they won't inherit the kingdom of God. That's what repentance is. We say, Lord, forgive me. I don't want to live like that. Help me not live like that. Verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, and and again, um, awareness of God's love in your life. That's what joy really is. Peace. Now, now real quick on, on peace here. That does not mean the absent from issues in your life. We're always going to have issues, but there's always a peace that comes from God where God says, I'm going to see you through this. Don't don't worry about it. I'll see you through it. Long-suffering, that means putting up with it over and over again, like all you moms and dads do with your kids. Kids are weird. I got to just, they're so honest and they're so cute. Well, they're cute, but they're not always honest. My little girl goes, Mommy, my hands, I'm sick. My hands hot and I'm hot. Well, honey, what do you want? Candy. Why? It makes me feel good. Well, that was probably true. But the sickness part was fraud. Notice the fruit again, singular. Peace. And again, that does not mean absent from conflict in your life. Long-suffering, putting up with them. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. Self-control. Against such, there is no law. Why? You're self-governed. You don't need it. Wouldn't it be nice that people that drive had that kind of common sense? You see? See, it's like a cop pulling you over 35 miles away for not signaling right when there's no cars in sight. Well, why would I need to signal if I'm not affecting anybody? Well, that's kind of the mentality. In other words, we really wouldn't need speed limit signs if we use common sense. So if there's no speed limit sign, I can go 200 miles an hour. No, there's other things that can happen going 200 miles an hour. So we have to make things where people who won't think, who won't use self-control, are governed by. But you're in Christ. Again, that invisible Holy Spirit inside of you that motivates you. And so we have to always say, now, again, this is where God inside of you, I think is so important. It's called conviction. Have you ever been talking and all of a sudden God says, shut up. You you might be starting to talk about somebody and there's just kind of a yucky feeling. That's the Holy Spirit saying, you just have to be wise. If you find yourself where there's a temptation to do something and you find that yucky feeling, stop. I believe the Holy Spirit is alive and well in the believers in the world today. If we'll only listen to him. Against such, there is no law. And those who are Christ have 
as it says here, crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Why? Because we realize it's not advancing us. Do, if, if, if the Bible says God will supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. So if God is going to supply all my needs according to his riches and glory, why do I need to steal? If I know that God, if I'm in Christ, he's guiding my life and I'm going through hard times and God is teaching me something, I don't need to go get loaded or stoned or whatever because then I won't be sharp enough to understand what God is telling me. You see, against there's no law. So he says, if we live in the Spirit, we will also walk in the Spirit. Let us not become conceited provoking one another, envying one another. Self-conceit is that which will always take our focus from God to ourselves. And this is where the danger comes, because if we do that, then God is not preeminent. He's not the first in our life. It's something that we're generating in ourselves. Again, as he says, when you're free in Christ, not governed by the law, using God's Holy Spirit common sense in your life, you don't need the law. The law is for lawbreakers, which we all once were until we came to Christ. As it tells us here, if we live in the Spirit, let's walk in the Spirit. Walking in the Spirit, what's that mean? The way Jesus would walk. Somebody said one time, if you can't see Jesus doing it, don't do it. It's good. Now, where does that leave all of us today? Well, either you're in Christ or you're outside of Christ. We, we find that we're a work in progress. I heard it said one time, around every Christian's neck when they accept Christ, there needs to be a sign hung under construction. We are. We're learning. We're all learning. Let's walk. One thing I have found in walking as we looked earlier, we need balance. We need, a, we need a, a destination. We need to be disciplined in our walk. In other words, not sprinting. I believe all those things are so important when we, when we, we do that. I want to just encourage you this morning, if you've not received Christ as your Savior, you need God's Spirit in you. The Bible says you're an empty shell. And you need to accept Christ as your Savior because he loves you. And says, I know more about life than you do. Let him govern you. This morning, if you've never prayed, you've never received Christ as your Savior, we're going to pray right now. And you can ask the Lord to come in your life. It's just a simple prayer. It's kind of a combination of many verses. But it's where we ask God to come in our life. We ask him to fill us with his power, with his spirit. And so we're going to pray right now. If you need to pray, let's pray. Let's see what God will do in your life. Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. And I invite you into my life today. I'm sorry and I repent of the foolish way I've lived. To define life my way. So from this day forward, I commit my life into your hand. 
I ask you to make me the very best I can be for you. And thank you for dying on the cross in my place. And your blood covered my sins. So thank you for letting me live with you forever in heaven. Fill me now with your Holy Spirit. Give me that power that comes only from you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us on It's Time as Pastor Mike teaches verse-by-verse through the Bible. If you've missed a program or would like to catch up, you can do so by getting it from the It's Time podcast in the iTunes store or by downloading it from the It's Time website at theriverchristianfellowship.com. On behalf of Pastor Mike and the rest of us here at the River Christian Fellowship, thanks for listening. And tune in next time for It's Time.